Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Sanzo. Tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. It is 2019. Yes, we made it. We survived 2018. Um, I'm going to guess for many of you, 2018 was great. And for the rest of you, 2018 sucked. I, I feel like from everyone that I've been talking to, it's a very polarizing. Either people had an amazing year or people are so glad that the year is over. Uh, the good news is there's nothing you can do about it. We are into 2019. Uh, and you guys are turning into episode 89 of the FOMO Fans Podcast. That's right. We're reaching closer to that magic number 100, which was my guarantee on episode one that we would at least do 100 episodes. Uh, and I got some things in the works for after 100, but we're going to talk about that later. So on this episode, I'm going to talk about some data that I I did some reverse engineering on my business. Excuse me, where where my business growth is coming from, how my business has grown thanks to social media. Uh, as many as you of you guys know, uh, I'm a one person team, uh, and a majority of my leads, a majority of my business, um, it comes from uh, social media channels, either relationships and connections, or social media content, or of course the podcasting content. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about each platform and where I think people should focus, why people should focus, uh, and this really spurred from an Instagram post. Uh, if you guys are following me over on Instagram, uh, Instagram.com/slash ice social fans. Um, I, and I posted that, you know, my three, uh, my three priorities for social media focus. And I put, I, I listed them in, in order. And, uh, I had a lot of people, uh, commenting back. It's actually, it was a really popular tweet. It was a really popular, uh, Instagram post. So guess what I did? I learned that if people on my social media channels care about my, my take on this, Guess what? You guys on my on the FOMO fans podcast uh, would also care about that. So I just want to thank you guys again for for tuning in uh, for this show. Uh, I know there's a tons of podcasts. I I love the podcast medium, and I know you guys can. Uh, you know, everyone has time is limited, so the fact that you guys uh, stick around and listen to uh, this show uh, means a lot to me. Thank you for sharing it with your friends and so on. So. Enough about all that. So let's talk about social media uh, in 2019. And first of all, I just want to say this. Like, one of the things that's really interesting is that when I bring up stuff about, about change or I talk about different social media platforms, there are a lot of people that get defensive about, oh, my goodness, why are you telling people that Facebook's no longer there? Or why are you talking about Twitter? I thought Twitter was dead. Or LinkedIn's for old people and people that don't like social media. Or why aren't you talking about YouTube? And here's the thing. Change is happening. Today's consumers have never been more dialed in, never been more connected, and have also, they've never been more educated when it comes to each social media platform. Like, I can honestly say that if people haven't figured out what a hashtag is yet, they don't care about, they're, they're, they're a digital dinosaur, right? Like, we're, we finally have gotten to a point where I believe education on the value of social media, what the different platforms are, is no longer the big piece. The big thing now is understanding what, what is that platform good for? Who is my audience on that platform? What type of content works on that platform? 
And then ultimately, is it worth it for me? And, and here's something I talk a lot. I talk about this a lot because people always, when I talk about social media platforms, like Brian, you're on every single platform. Like you're on Tumblr, you're on Reddit, you're on Pinterest, you're on LinkedIn. I'm on every, pl- and I, I'm really been having some fun on Reddit over the holidays. But here's the thing. I get, I'm on every platform so that I can learn what works on each platform so that ultimately I can help educate my clients, the people that I speak to in front of the stages on what works and where, where they should be uh, having their focus. So for me, the, here's, the, here's the, the, the kicker of it is I'm on all the platforms so that I can learn, but I don't believe you need to be everywhere. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to use a Seth Godin t- uh, a quote uh, on Seth Godin's blog uh, this week. And I know Seth Godin uh, has a new book out. It's, um, it's somewhere around here. Someone sent it to me over the holidays. Uh, I haven't read it yet because, well, I don't really read books. Um, I listen to podcasts for most of my information. But um, this is what Seth Godin said. We need to narrow our audience down. And I thought this was very powerful. You know, Seth does his blogs um, and he said, narrow your audience down. And here's one of the things, what I did was I went back and I tracked every business transaction that I had in 2017 and 2018. I reverse engineered every single lead that I closed. And what I did was I tracked it down. Okay, where did the lead come from? How did they connect with me? And then I went a step further than that. And I said, okay, now that I know where this lead came from, now that I know what people are doing, the thing that I, I went a step further on is said, where did this relationship start? Where did this person discover me, right? A lot of times we track leads and say, someone went to our website and filled out our contact form. Well, my question is, what led them to my website? And just because someone goes to your website doesn't mean the first time they're there, they fill out their contact form. Do they follow you on a social channel? Do they subscribe to your podcast? And so what I did is I went back and I, I reverse engineered. I have an Excel spreadsheet that is uh, every one of my leads. And just to put this in perspective, I had my very best year revenue-wise uh, in 2018 uh, in my five years as an entrepreneur. I've never... I uh, had that much revenue. I've never had that many speaking gigs. Uh, I had 48 speaking gigs. Uh, it was my my highest revenue generating year. So what I'm what I wanted to figure out was, what did I do differently in 2016 and 2017? What did I do differently in 2018? What worked? But here's the, here's something that I want everybody to think about. And I want everybody to do this in their own your own business. Not only what worked in 2018, but here's the key: why did it work? Not just what worked, because here's the thing. Platforms are changing. Facebook changes every damn month. Instagram seems to be changing. They rolled out like a, a, a fake update uh, recently. Like the platforms are always changing. So it's important to understand what the factors are. But even more importantly, it's, uh, it's important to study why did this work on this platform? And, and what I'm going to talk like here's an example, right? On LinkedIn, I, I crushed on LinkedIn last year. LinkedIn. I, I did an amazing for my business, for my leads. Um, I tracked a bunch of leads that actually started with someone discovering me via a LinkedIn video. And here's the thing. what The what is LinkedIn worked for me. And you can say, oh my goodness, Brian, go get on LinkedIn. And, and, I, and I, am, I am very bullish on LinkedIn. I'll get into more about that in a minute. But the, the big question became, why, why did LinkedIn video work for me? What, what, what about LinkedIn video, the way that I'm doing it worked. And then the other piece of this is 
I wanted to track and say, are the people that are discovering me and engaging with me on LinkedIn, are they following me anywhere else? And LinkedIn just happens to be where that, that they, they or, you know, and kind of tracking that. So I really wanted to break down the why. And that's what I'm going to focus on in this episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about the platforms. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, different things. And here's the shocker. The number one platform I'm going to focus on in 2019, the number one platform I'm going to focus on this year is Twitter. Yes, that is correct. Twitter was going to be my number one platform for really focusing on engagement. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I decided to turn on notifications uh, on my on my iPhone for Twitter. Uh, I realized, um, well, that's just kind of crazy. So I turned them back off and I've been doing some throttling. You know, for those that don't follow me on Twitter, uh, I have a very amazing audience on Twitter. It's been my favorite platform for a long time, but it it has not been my focus for business growth in four years. I, I, for the last four years, I've loved Twitter. I've used Twitter. I have about 125,000 followers on Twitter, but Twitter has not been my focus. And, I, and what I'm going to tell you is focus. And the reason, I'm going to give you some of these, the reason for this. Twitter is not the same Twitter as 2016 or 2017. Twitter is fresh. Twitter is fun. Twitter conversations are amazing. I don't really care about sharing links as much on Twitter anymore. I start conversations. I share comments. I ask questions. Twitter is amazing. And, and, and you guys know, if, if you've been following me for a while, I mean, Twitter changed my business back in 2014. Uh, when I wanted to become an entrepreneur um, and I was pivoting my personal brand, and I went all in on Twitter. I hosted two Twitter chats a week. I was on Twitter every single day, a couple hours a day. Uh, and Twitter allowed me to become a, an influencer, allowed me to grow my brand, allowed me to get on stages around the world, uh, allowed me to discover my voice, allowed me to realize that I have an amazing community that cares about what the hell I have to say. I got to meet amazing people like my good friend Kristen Cardos, uh, a.k.a. Tink. And, and really, so many of my good friends, my mentors today, started via a conversation on Twitter. But what I can tell you is that Twitter went through a weird space in 2016, 2017, where people didn't really understand it. People were overwhelmed. Twitter sucked at marketing themselves. The video wasn't really fun on there. Uh, Periscope, of course, I've loved Periscope. I loved, uh, Chris Job is uh, on Periscope right now. I know Chris is, is talking about Twitter um, at Social Media Marketing World. Uh, so check out his session when you guys go to Social Media Marketing World. But here's the thing. like Twitter, was, Twitter this is what I think about Twitter. And for those of you, if you're not sold on Twitter, here's, what, here's the thing. You get out of it what you put in. And if you care about conversations, you have to start conversations, join conversations, you have to be willing to listen. But this is what I call Twitter. Twitter is the unfiltered fire hose of conversations. Twitter is the unfiltered fire hose of conversations. And the thing about conversations in the social media world today is guess what, guys? This is breaking news. This is my first breaking news of this episode. Nobody likes to be marketed to. Nobody likes to be sold to. And nobody sure as hell likes to be blasted with all of your crap, your email newsletters, just because you think content is king. And the thing that, that, that what has happened is people have gone to Twitter not only for real-time news and breaking news, but to discover people and things and businesses and conversations that they, they didn't know they needed to be a part of. 
And the reason Twitter is my number one focus of 2019 is that I'm focusing on a, on new industries. So there's a couple new industries. You know, as a speaker, um, you know, it's great to speak at social media marketing world and inbound and content marketing world, but they don't pay my bills. My bills are paid by corporate events that hire me to speak, and they pay me really good money to come and talk to their to their you know yearly events. And so, as a speaker, I have to be very strategic, and I have to be like, okay. I'm going to go after some new industries. I want to, I want to be, you know, this year, this past year, uh, the travel industry, travel and hospitality was my focus and travel and hospitality made up for 40% of my revenue this year, um, which was pretty amazing. But here's the thing. If you want to be heard on a new platform, if you want to be, if you want people to find you posting on Facebook, nobody finds you. No search on Facebook sucks. Search on LinkedIn sucks. Search on pretty much every platform other than Google and YouTube and Twitter sucks. And so here's the thing. For me, my audience doesn't Google things. We go when it, when breaking news happens, we go to Twitter. When there's a trending hashtag, we go to Twitter. When I when I'm every day when I look at my news, I go to the moments uh, the moments button on my Twitter app. That's how I get my news and I stay current. And then of course I go to Flipboard or, or another platform or there. And I, I see lots of people commenting live on Facebook Live and, and Twitter here, which I absolutely love. But the reason I, the main reason I'm looking at Twitter is here's the thing. Growing an audience is, is exciting and amazing. Nurturing your existing audience is powerful and something you must do. But here's the thing. If you are not growing, if you are not having new people discover you, you will not only stay stagnant, but you will start to drop because there is a lot of noise, a lot of content, a lot of crap out there. And so for me, Twitter is the platform that allows new people to discover me, maybe get to know me and then follow me on another channel or subscribe to my podcast or visit my website. So using hashtags on Twitter is extremely important. So I don't care what business you're in. I had someone comment on Instagram and said, well, Brian, what about travel agents? Like, I don't know how travel agents are using Twitter. Oh my goodness. Twitter is great for location hashtags. Twitter is great for check-ins on like Foursquare and other apps. You can hyper-target. Like open, my favorite app for managing my Twitter is a free app that is on your, it's in your Chrome browser. It's called TweetDeck. And in TweetDeck, you can actually put your search criteria in TweetDeck and you can see what is what people are talking about. So if you, let's say you're targeting people that are that need to travel to the, the Cayman Islands, you can put hashtag Cayman Islands in your TweetDeck and anyone who tweets with hashtag Cayman Islands will come up in your feed, right? And so these are places where you can start having conversations, not blasting your message. And, and here's something I didn't really talk about this to start off with, but my big soapbox in 2019, uh, and I'm building a presentation around this right now is that we don't have people today in 2019, we don't have short attention spans. We just have no time for crappy content. We have no time for bad marketing. We have no tolerate, we don't tolerate um, spam. We don't tolerate automated direct messages. We, we as consumers now, and, and I can tell you, I did this on, uh, via my, my Gmail just this week, is if you spam my email box, 
I'm taking things a step further. I'm deleting you and blocking you in email and I'm unfollowing you on social media because you don't respect my time. You don't understand who I am and you've pretty much told me that I'm just gonna throw a bunch of crap your way and hope that my 3% open rate gets me there, right? Like, And I think email marketing is a great, that's a whole nother episode because I'm actually gonna get into email marketing uh, for the first time, but I'm gonna do it strategically. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it with some really uh, personalized content. So one of the things that I realized when I was tracking my data from this past year is that I need to f- have new people in new industries discover me because that's who's going to hire me or vouch for me. And here's the, here's the key. This is the other piece on Twitter. And I'll move on to the next platform. The other thing about Twitter is I'm not looking for new industries in 2019 on Twitter. I'm looking for new industries for 2020 on Twitter relationships take time. I don't care who you are. I don't care how popular you think you are. I don't care how great you think your product are. Just because someone follows you doesn't mean they're going to they're gonna hire you. Just because someone retweeted you doesn't mean they're going to see the rest of your content. It takes time. And so for me, I'm focusing on Twitter and being actively engaged. I have a list of events that I want to speak at in 2020, and I'm going to I'm going to be all over starting conversations, retweeting, sharing their content. There's two companies that I really want to work with in 2020. I added their blog to my RSS feed, and I'm going to be sharing their content out on Twitter like crazy, amplifying them, because guess what's going to happen at the end of the year? I'm not even going to have to sell them on Twitter. They're going to come to me and say, Brian, you've been providing us so much value since I started following you in 2019. How can we work together? What can we do to collaborate? That is the key here, people. It is not about short-term wins when you're focusing on these platforms. So Twitter is my number one focus. My number two focus, shouldn't be a surprise for everybody who listens to this show, is LinkedIn. And the reason I love LinkedIn, well, first off, it's owned by Microsoft. And Microsoft uh, finished 2018 as the most valuable company in the world. Um, the richest company in the world. They are Microsoft is all in on artificial intelligence. They are all in on machine learning. They are pushing the thing. And guess what? If Microsoft cares about the data on LinkedIn, we as marketers should care about the data that is on LinkedIn. The other piece about LinkedIn that's really interesting is that there's a lot of people that look at social media. They look at Facebook and they're like, oh, Facebook, I don't want to be on there. And then they don't understand Twitter. Instagram seems too much like uh, you know kids and photos and pictures. But LinkedIn has become a platform where I believe your average business person is logging in once or twice a week on LinkedIn to get their news, to see what their coworkers are doing, maybe looking for new jobs. Um, and I always say, you know, for those that don't realize it, LinkedIn is for is actually a content hub. LinkedIn has allows you to upload video. LinkedIn has some amazing engagement right now. Now, granted, I have a feeling my other prediction about LinkedIn is that marketers are going to ruin LinkedIn by the end of the year. And LinkedIn video is not going to have near as much value. If you're listening to this podcast at the end of 2019, where the hell were you for the whole year? But that's beside the point. By the end of 2019, marketers are going to ruin LinkedIn by just spamming it and posting too much crap and cross-promoting and stuff. But here's the thing. If you are a marketer listening to this right now, I don't care if you're in B2B, B2C. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur. I don't care what your business is. You should be on LinkedIn. You should be posting twice, maybe three times a day right now because LinkedIn is rewarding it. People in your feed don't see all of your content right away. It doesn't stack your content like other platforms. So LinkedIn is great. I The other thing about LinkedIn, and, and, I, and I've talked about this a lot, is um, 
I love building a community, but you know what I like for my business more? I like building a community with people that have budgets. Crickets, crickets. I like building a community with people that have budgets. It is great to, I I had this argument uh, via Instagram DM uh, just the other day. And someone was telling me that, you know, they grew, they just grew their account to 60,000 followers on Instagram. And they're like, I can't figure out how to monetize these people on Instagram. And, and of course I asked a simple question and said, well, who are they? What is their demographic? Like what, what about them? And they're like, well, and this is someone in the fitness space. They're like, well, there's someone that's probably um, working a nine to five or maybe an hourly job and they want to get better in their fitness. And I was like, oh, so people that are stretching paycheck to paycheck are the people you're targeting with a four figure offer that you can't figure out why it doesn't work on Instagram. I don't care if you have 65,000 followers on Instagram, if the people don't have budget, they're not going to buy your product. Right. And this is one of those things that is, is a disconnect. And the thing about LinkedIn is for me is I can see a direct correlation. Someone discovers me on LinkedIn because someone shares my video. They LinkedIn request me. They, they engage on content for about a month. And then they send me a LinkedIn email and say, Brian, can we set up a phone call about bringing you out to speak at our events? Now, I can tell you, here was what my strategy was last year, is I did a personalized LinkedIn video every single week. Every week, I did a personalized LinkedIn video. I just grabbed my phone. I pressed the damn button. And I just said, hey, what's up, LinkedIn? And I shared a topic. I either I, My three things were I either educated, I inspired, or I motivated. Those are the three things I did uh, on my LinkedIn videos. I kept most of them around five, uh, five minutes long. I also have notifications on LinkedIn on every platform. Like Notifications on LinkedIn are on my iPad, on my Mac, and on my Twitter. Because here's the other thing about LinkedIn that I want you guys to think about, and this is important. And it goes back to understanding your audience. People don't hang out on LinkedIn for hours upon hours. Most of the time, they don't return day after day. So when someone comments on a LinkedIn post, you must reply immediately. If someone comments on Instagram, you can wait a couple, you can wait hours. If someone comments on Twitter, you can wait hours. If someone comes on Facebook, who the hell knows? Because they got automatic uh, notifications turned on and, and you're, you're spammed with too much crap on Facebook to begin with. But here's, here's the, that, what, I, what I'm saying to that is LinkedIn is powerful to drive engagement, but you must engage in real time. Like I will stop what I am doing to reply to a LinkedIn comment because I know that they might not log into LinkedIn again for an entire week. And what's the chance of them still being like, what the hell did I even say to this guy whenever I commented? So LinkedIn is my number two focus uh, of 2019. And I'm going to get into a little bit more of the data on the the rest of them. And then number three, my number three focus is Instagram. Um, And and here's here's the thing. Remember what I said, this is my business focus. What I did was I tracked my leads and what what brought me return on investment what what actually closed business right and remember it's not the direct sale i don't even care about the direct sale i want to know if if someone discovers me on instagram and then follows me on facebook and then listens to this podcast and then replies uh, and fills out a contact form on my website most people will say oh that's a website lead no for me i'm going to backtrack that and figure out oh they actually connected me on linkedin first that is where the lead came from. And so this is for business. And here's the weird caveat, right? Instagram's my favorite platform 
bar none right now. It's where it's where I find enjoyment. Um, I, I love the fitness accounts that are on Instagram, uh, trying to get back in, into some fitness now myself. Um, I love uh, my friends that are on Instagram. I, have a, I, I just have Instagram stories is just so much fun. Uh, I get so much engagement. I love Instagram, but here's the thing. This is a, and this is something I think a lot of business people forget. Just because you, you individually love a platform doesn't mean it's going to work for your business. Just because you individually love the content on, on that platform doesn't mean your consumer is going to like that kind of content, right? And this is something you have to remember. I mean, this, this kills me. I will hear people say, well, I hate LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, so just because you hate it, you're going to ignore it. Do you think any of your customers that, that use LinkedIn are like, oh, of course. Oh, so you don't want to be engaging and providing value where your customers are. You want them to come to what you like. Good luck in your business. You'll be out of business very soon because today in today's business world, you must go to where your audience is and have the conversation with them on the platform they prefer in the way that they prefer to have the conversation, right? Like this is, this is something that's extremely important. And so Instagram for me has been amazing for strengthening relationships. I like to say turning, turning followers into friends, turning friends into people that I I, I would go to battle for, um, you know, Instagram is real and raw. But the other thing about Instagram that I find really interesting is that the engagement is amazing. And what I use Instagram a lot of times for is to test out my content, test out my business strategy, test out, I even test out titles of my keynote talks on Instagram stories. I will say something and I'll, I'll make this bold statement on Instagram and I'll see how many people engage. If nobody engages, I'm like, well, I need to tweak that, right? So, and, and this is how I, and so I talked about, I'm using Twitter to, to uh, reach new people in new industries. I'm using LinkedIn to hyper-focus on people that have budgets that, that are following me there on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, I'm using it to listen, to learn, to test, to engage. And, and, I, and I really love that of what Instagram brings. And, 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 and here's the thing about this is Facebook owns Instagram. And I'm not anti-Facebook. I'm live streaming this podcast right now that you guys are listening to on Facebook. But here's the problem I have with Facebook. You have to be using advertising dollars. If you, Facebook ads are amazing. I'm not even, I, I said social media. I didn't say social media ads, right? Like they're, they're, these are two different worlds. Social media ads, for those that just are wondering, you need to be using Facebook ads and YouTube ads. Facebook ads and YouTube ads. And I even play around with LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn ads um, recently added some, um, some new customized features. But for advertising, Facebook is amazing. I will go to bat and say that hyper-targeting your audience on Facebook and putting a pixel on your website is really valuable for your business. But here's the thing. Dropping an ad to build a relationship for someone to hire me as a speaker does not work. Just because they see an ad saying, millennial keynote speaker does not mean pretty much anything. For me, what I've learned is that I need, I need to connect with people. I need to listen and learn. I need to care about them. I need to build those relationships. And so my three focuses for 2019 is Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Now, I didn't say YouTube. And I have a lot of people that ask me about YouTube. YouTube is amazing. YouTube is a wonderful platform. I have so many good friends that are crushing it over there on YouTube. YouTube is, is so damn valuable. But here's the thing. YouTube takes a ton of work. 
And what I did was I was trying to evaluate my strategy. And what I realized was I would have to have to do less on Twitter, less on LinkedIn, less on Instagram if I wanted to be great on YouTube. Because here's what works on YouTube. Being consistent and doing it for a long time. My friend Amy Landino, uh, known as Amy TV, uh, check her out. Her book is right here behind me uh, on the thing. Uh, Amy, Amy was creating videos forever, for like three and a half years before anything took off. And what works on YouTube is creating valuable content consistency, consistently and how-to videos. So how-to videos and consistent content uh, on a regular basis. And what I realized from my business was I didn't see that jeopardize, like not going all in with these other platforms and going all in with YouTube, I, I don't think was gonna pay off for me. Now, here's, here's something that I want you guys to remember. I don't know if YouTube would work for me. Yes, I'm admitting that I don't know. Remember, I believe one of the most powerful things that you can do is admit that you don't know something. I don't know if YouTube would work for me because... I've never committed the time or the resources. I've read the books. I can help you optimize your channel. I can get you in touch with my friends like Roberto Blake and Sonny Leonard Doozy and Dotto Tech and Sean Cannell. And I can, I, can, I can connect you with some amazing YouTubers that are doing amazing things. But guess what? Brian Fanzo has not spent enough time on YouTube to know if it's going to work for me. But what I have done is I have listened to my audience. I have connected with people. And, I, and what I've found is that my podcast that you guys are listening to right now is my YouTube. People discover my podcast and they will comment and say, Brian, I never heard of you. I, uh, never, I'm not on any social networks and I found your podcast uh, and now I want to hire you, right? Like, so I, I, really, I really love that piece of this. And so YouTube is great if you are thinking about YouTube. I still think you have plenty of time to jump in on YouTube. YouTube has some amazing value. But I want to bring this full picture now on all these platforms. Something you have to start thinking about, and this is what I think about a lot. I spend a lot of time thinking, what is my ideal consumer doing when they see my content on this channel? So if it's LinkedIn and someone's scrolling LinkedIn, more than likely they're sitting at their desk, either on a conference call or they're wasting time. They have 37 tabs open across the top of their browser. They're bored out of their mind. They want time to go by. They opened up LinkedIn. They're scrolling. They see a video. They know that LinkedIn videos can't be longer in 10 minutes, so they know that we can't waste all of their time. They can't go down too big of a rabbit hole. And so, but I think about that every single time when I do a LinkedIn video, because guess what? I make my call to actions on LinkedIn browser friendly. I try to make them and say, hey guys, if you guys want to, you know, if you want to go on with your day, just open up another tab and, and, and go here and you guys can find out more information, right? Like on Instagram, I know that 99.9% .9 of people consuming content on Instagram are doing it from their mobile device, which probably means they're doing it on the shitter or they're doing it while they're driving, or they're doing it while they're commuting, or they're doing it while they're on a conference call. So the key on this is, if my consumer is on their mobile device and they're just wasting time, what can I do to stand out? What can I do to be memorable? And then ultimately, what can I do to inspire them to actually comment, right? So on Instagram, I know it's a mobile consumer. On LinkedIn, I know it's a browser consumer, or I, I believe a majority of the people that are connecting with me on LinkedIn are a browser consumer. The other piece of this, and this is something... I really want to, I want to tell you guys that I, it took me four years as an entrepreneur to learn. And I, and this is probably my most important advice of this whole episode. And I, I know that sounds bad for those that are, 
um, listen to the whole thing. And if, if, if you have friends that didn't listen to the whole episode, you can tell them to come back. This is what I've learned more so than anything else as an entrepreneur, especially as a marketer. Other marketers are not my clients or my customers. And just because other marketers are on a platform or I'm connected with other marketers doesn't mean that platform is valuable for my business. And this is some hard truth because I love, I, I, I truly do believe in social media. Social media is my business. Uh, I'm a social media speaker. I grow my entire business using social media. Uh, I, ha- I haven't had an email newsletter. I will be having one very soon. Um, I, I don't have a book. Uh, I'm not a celebrity. Uh, I've, I've, I've been homegrown telling my story using social media. But what the, one of the mistakes that I made was I tried to talk and engage and really focus on my people that were in my industry, my quote-unquote competition. And here's the funny thing about that, is they're not going to do you any good for your business, and you're wasting your time. And it took me four years. Four years to realize that, you know, I used to care when, when such and such digital marketing superstar didn't listen to my podcast or I used to care when such and such never engaged in my LinkedIn profile LinkedIn content and then I realized it's great to be friends with people that are in your industry it's great to be friends with people that you uh, you work with and that that you're fighting the good fight but I'm in this for business I'm using social I, I use social media for fun but I'm spending all my time, I'm telling you guys all these tips for business. I want you to create content strategically. I want you to press the damn button with a plan. And here's the thing, that plan should not include trying to get people to like you that are in your industry. And guess what? It took me four years to figure that out because it would bother me. I would spend all my time trying to get on the radar of other people in my industry without even realizing that that was killing my business. And that is something that was not valuable. When I see a bunch of people on, on Periscope saying truth, thumbs up. Guys, I, I've made the mistake. It's hard to get out of. I'm a people pleaser. I want to make everyone happy. I want to be friends with everyone. I, I truly do believe that we are greater than me. We are going to change the world together. We each have to be our own individual self. But here's the, the bottom line. My goal is to make enough money to support my daughters, to travel the world to hang out with my girlfriend, to be able to do things that I love. I, my goal is to, you know, I spend a lot of time, I create a lot of content with the goal. Like, I, I want to speak 60 times this year. I want to be on 60 stages. And I had some people ask me, well, Brian, shouldn't you have a revenue goal, not the amount of stages goal? Here's the funny thing about that. I love speaking. It's my zen. It's the, it's, I got my dream job. I will be doing this job for the rest of my life. Mark my words. I am going to be a keynote speaker for the rest of my life. This is, it's everything I've ever wanted to do. I found my calling. Uh, it took until I was uh, 35 year, 34 years old to realize that it was a profession. Uh, it took about another year to realize uh, that it's a hell of a lot more work than just what you do on stage. But the thing about it, that the other piece that comes along with this is I started off this podcast by saying I reverse engineered my leads. I reverse engineered my data to track what social media was working for me. And here's what I figured out. I figured out that for me, getting on more stages gets me more business, but it also allows me to do what I love. I want to get on 60 stages because I love speaking. Now, granted, I want to grow my revenue like I did this year. 
This year, I, I only uh, I increased total uh, speaking uh, total speeches. Uh, I, I increased by eleven this year compared to last year, but my revenue over doubled, right? Over doubled uh, from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen from a speaking perspective. Uh, I don't do uh, as much consulting or individual coaching uh, as I have in the past. But the long story short of this is today: what you have to think about for social media in twenty nineteen is I want you to think about why am I on the platform? Why should people care about my content? What type of content does my audience like to consume? Not what I like to create. Trust me, I would create a podcast every single day. I would have, I would have, a, I would have five podcasts and record one every single day if I knew that all of my audience was podcast consumers because I love creating podcasts. I love this episode. I love talking to you guys. I love doing it on live video. I love getting all your comments. Um, but I know that I need to create video content. And blogging is not dead. If you should be using, if you don't have a website, you should be using medium.com. Uh, Medium is, is a great platform for that. Um, having a website is still important. Uh, and then last but not least, the other piece of this that I want to I remind everybody is that this is a soapbox for me, and you guys are going to hear me talk about this a lot. I believe the future of marketing is relatability. And to be relatable on a social network you have to understand the social network, you have to understand your audience, and you have to be willing to listen and adapt and change. I can tell you, I'm changing my LinkedIn strategy. Last year, it worked, it crushed one video a week, sporadically, one day, randomly during the week, I would do a video, I would post it every single week, amazing engagement. Well, guess what? I know that it worked in 2018, and I know other people are now doing something similar, so when everyone zigs, I zag. I have a whole new LinkedIn strategy for video that I'm going to talk about on a future episode, and it's still going to be video. It's still going to be focused, but I'm going to I'm going to adapt to my new consumer on LinkedIn. And now people are seeing a lot more video there. Now my video needs to be more engaging. My video needs to be more valuable. My video needs to be even more unique. And and this is something that has worked for me. If if I have to if I had to give any advice on what has worked for me on social networks, is I test. I tweak, I try things out, and then I lean into what works. My advice for you in 2019, start with your audience, understand content, understand the platform, test things out, press the damn button, and then lean into what works. Just because it works for a fitness influencer or a hot female that reviews tech tech toys on a platform doesn't mean it's going to work for you your plat, your business. Your business is unique, your consumers are unique, your strategy on each social network must be unique. If you carbon copy someone else, if you do the same thing Gary Vaynerchuk does every single day on Instagram, you'll become Gary Vaynerchuk's exhaust and that is a big exhaust to get into because he is big and powerful and doing amazing things and that's not where you want to be. I challenge everyone on social media in 2019, focus on being relatable, focus on having a strategy, testing things out, and uh, hopefully you guys will follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I actually have a unique content strategy uh, around video for each one of those platforms. So uh, I do believe it's the year of video. Uh, every year is the year of video uh, for the last five years. It's literally been the year of video since 2015. Uh, I have a video strategy that I'll be launching in February. Yes, the reason I'm launching in February, this is a little inside note. Everybody launches something new in January and then everybody gets burnt out or they quit. Well, guess what I'm doing? I'm listening and learning to what works for other people in January 
and I'm launching something new in February when people are, are so burnt out of what all that crap is that they were thrown at at the start of the year that they're looking for something fresh and new. I'm just saying, hey, I'm giving a, hey, this is my, this is my, this is how I do my business. This is how I grow my following. Hopefully you guys found this valuable. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys listening to this show. Uh, this is a longer episode. I know last episode was 20 minutes. This episode's 38 minutes or 40 minutes or so. Um, so guys, it's, um, it's, I love doing this. I love this podcast. I love that you guys share. Uh, if you love the show, I would love a, a review on iTunes. If you don't mind, uh, just jump over to iTunes. It should only take a minute or two. Uh, log in and give this this podcast a review. Um, if you want to tell your friends about it, just tell them to search FOMO fans. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm in every platform there is. If you have an Amazon Alexa, you can search uh, for the skill that is called FOMO fans, and you can subscribe to the skill and get my episodes direct, uh, directly delivered to your um to your Alexa. And then last but not least, I will close this episode out by saying, uh, technology, uh, is great. Technology will come and go. Uh, people, conversations, relationships have never been more valuable than they are right now. I closed an $80,000 project this week based on a relationship that I started in 2013 that I nurtured in 2014, that we stayed connected and I provided value for them for four years. Four years. We, they never spent a penny on me. This week, they decided to close the deal with me. Relationships, people, conversations. Be good to people. Surround yourself with good people. And remember, together we can do great things. But you have to first understand yourself and invest in yourself and listen and learn from your consumers. Social media is a powerful tool for your business, but I believe if you're not getting value from it, it's not the platform that's the problem, it's you. My name is Brian Fanzo. Thank you for tuning in to the FOMO Fans Podcast. This is episode 89. Make it a great day, my friends. Cheers.